Geek Shock. Geek Shock. Oh, 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 bright ideas and an Oreo cookie. It's a bright idea to dunk it or to crunch it or unscrew it or to lick it or to trick it. But no matter what you do, it's true. It's fun to munch a creamy, crunchy chocolate. O-R-E-O. I like some tissue with your issues. Because nose. So I finally... Got an issue? Here's a tissue. So I've finally gotten over the uh, the uh, post-traumatic stress of the, uh, the the breaking plates of the fair. I don't know if I get a chance to tell you guys about that. The breaking plates of the fair? What? At the fair, one of our booths, the one I was at the most. See, I told you you'd remember something. Yeah. Was uh, a booth where you threw... One whole ba- week, folks. Threw baseball bats. Uh, not baseball bats. Threw baseballs. <laughs> that would have been great. I wish you could throw but, baseball bats. But, but now we have an idea for now the fair. We now we got an We're idea. We're going to throw baseball bats at baseballs. Yeah. <laughs> now we're throwing... Whole base- new batting cage style. Throwing baseballs at plates. Yes, that's a that's a classic fair and game. And behind the plates, if you happen to miss the plate, which a lot of people did, was a big... Sheet of sheet metal. Oh, so, so loud. It's like, they use sheet metal instead of like uh, wow. the big thick uh, blanket material. Yes, because sheet metal makes a big noise and people come all the way across the fair to find out what the hell the big noise is. Uh. <laughs> but if you're but if you're parked right next to the big air for a big uh, thing for fifteen hours, oh my god. <laughs> We were all just twitching messes at the end of every shift. <laughs> wow. I, I can't get over oh. how many hours a day you were working wow. at that. That just seems like less than it wasn't like financially was... beneficial no, it compared a... to what you went through. It wasn't like I was digging ditches, man. I'm just drawing funny pictures. Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 453. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact Jack Dandy. Maple Leaf Matt. And we're here to talk week in geek. I love fair games. Yeah. Of course, a lot of that has to do with plush time wins. Sure. Because that channel is awesome, and they not only do crane games mm-hmm. and ticket games, they also do carnival games. Since when have they done carnival games? They've always done carnival uh, games. I've I, never once seen you watch a video of them doing a carnival game. Because usually that's, I watch them do ticket games. That's they, a secret they, thing. They do like set, They do like 60% ticket games, 30% claw games, 10%. Wow. Okay. I talked. I actually games. talked to a guy at the fair. One of my, one of the guys I drew. His dad owns one of those crane companies, and I told him I had a friend who watches crane videos, and he's like, "What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why?" <laughs> Listen, man, he gets to live the dream. Some of us can only dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I surprised people with the last one, so I should probably let people be back in New England to know that I'll be back at the uh, Big E in uh, September fourteenth, drawing the, caricatures. The Big Easy. The Big E. Oh. The, the Eastern States Exposition, which is called the Big E. The, what's, oh. What is the Eastern States It's basically exposition? the state fair for New England. Oh, okay. So it's, it's a big state like, fair-like thing. For all the small states. For, for yes, all, for all the small It's all clustered into, yes, for all okay. of New England. It's all clustered into one thing in West Springfield. Every uh, state has their own building, and they, have, and they hand out state stuff for Matt, these buildings. Jake, you hear it. Yep. So it's the world's fair, but just the East Coast. If the, exactly. The world. Yes, okay. but I'll be there for two weeks. So if you want to oh. find me, that's where I'll be. I'll now, be when are you going then? Uh, September 14th, I'll be there. Oh, shoot. That's Coming close. up in a couple weeks. I'll have to mark that on my calendar. Yep. Yay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll be gone from the podcast for quite a while. So just brace yourself. You have oh, a lot of Oh, God. Men. We're not going to be funny I for I know like you'll lose month. all the funny for a month. It's crazy. A month. Yeah. You guys what just said me. What the do. fuck? Facts and information. <laughs> Jeff's waiting in the wings. <laughs> That's right. My time. It's my time down here. <laughs> oh, I want to shout a big, big congratulations to ICS. Yeah. 
hit 500 episodes. Yep. That's that's a hell of a feat. We need to go to two two episodes a week so we can beat them again. Right? No, Are we, you available to, two to episodes to, a week? Because I, I don't am. know anybody else in the room that is. Yeah, I am. I am. <laughs> But we'd have to go to three to ca- pass them. Then, you know then why are you always busy when we're doing dinner for the before the podcast? I'm busy. Oh, he's got you there. This I'm should be good. Busy before the podcast so I can be ready for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you had all day today. <laughs> and I was I and did stuff all day. And the day before. Well, there was that time when the two of you did your own Yeah, we did. Po- Geek Shock podcast, just the two of you. Yep. And that was pretty terrific, so yeah. have at, boys. Okay. All right. Maybe I'll get back. <laughs> what, so Andy and I will do the even ones, and then all of us do the odd ones? Oh, they're all odd. <laughs> hey! hey. We'll, we'll just keep... We'll just point Andy, number, and then... If Andy's be, involved, yeah. they're always odd. <laughs> Welcome to Geek Shock. This is 454.5. Or you could say B. B word. B. Mm. We're the B barricade. This is the B roll. <laughs> B side. B side. Geek the shock. B side. B side shock. Welcome. I told I told Welcome Barry to ages ago. Welcome to the hive. The hive. I told Barry ages ago that he should put his own little podcast together. Him and Michael mm-hmm. and Deb. Yep. That, that'd be. Yeah. yeah I told perfect. him that we'd host it. Yeah, ours just, and he'd be fuck this and <laughs> fuck that and. Some people love that. Yeah, I don't understand. Like Geek Shock West, Geek Shock South. Geek Sh- Texas oh, wow. is not the South. <laughs> Texas it's, is it's Texas. A play, it's a play on packs, you... Mm, God. <laughs> <laughs> September can't come fast enough, can it, Matt? I know. <laughs> yeah. So congratulations, Ice Cream Social, for hitting 500 episodes. I wish you a great other next 500. Boy, oh wow. boy. Those guys really put a lot of effort into right? that. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Good for them. Yeah, we won't yeah. get there for another year. Yeah. Right? Until we triple up. We're not tripling up. <laughs> not tripling up. Well, when we get that new soundboard where we can record six hours of podcast, mm. then you can edit it into three episodes. We're done. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Geek Shock Book Club is still discussing The Private Eye from Matthew K. Vaughn. Clap, clap. Uh, we also have... Put the nominations forth for September's book. The poll is up, so feel free to vote on the Geek Shock Book Club Facebook page for next month's book. Uh, we will probably pull that poll down at the end of this month, just a couple days from now. Gentlemen, what geeky things you do this week? First thing I want to do is a, oh. sh- a shout out. Yes, shout to out to Physical Therapy Tech Angelica. Oh, um, you didn't embarrass yourself then? I didn't embarrass myself. And At she, least on the one she's listened to so yeah. far. <laughs> so far. When we she goes back a back couple of years, yeah. then I'll be in trouble. <laughs> really in um, trouble. She, uh, Every time you've gone, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're making us much more comfortable for all of us. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. Okay. Now, see, now he's going to be sweating over that. What did I say? Uh, <laughs> she clarified something from the when I was talking about the lit RPGs. Yes. Harem is an anime manga subgenre. That existed prior to this? Yes. Or, wow. So that's where that came from. Ah. And it, it was funny because I'm like, I'm at the rowing machine and I'm like, ugh, I got, oh, my back is killing you. Oh, cursing, harem. 
And I'm like, uh, what? Huh? What? Where? <laughs> Where? <laughs> yeah, really. What kind of therapy is this? They're yes. harem. They're castle. <laughs> and, and, and I'm the uh, only one with protocol harem. What the? Oh. And Whiter shade of pale? That's the other one. And she was like, anime manga genre. It could be related. And I'm like, uh, I think it is. That's perfect. That nice. makes total sense. So it's a genre. You know, you're, you're a hero and you get badass chicks who share you. That does sound like a manga thing. <laughs> I will yeah. say that. It definitely sounds like a fantasy. But, yeah. So, there you go. All right. Well, for shouting out people, I want to shout out to Mark. You know what you did. All right. Gentlemen, what did you do this week? I don't know what Mark did. <laughs> he knows what he did. He knows what he did. Yeah. I didn't do a lot. I was just recuperating. I did, get, I did watch four episodes of Disenchantment, which I enjoyed very much. Ah, Disenchantment? Yeah. That's the new Matt Groening yeah. Netflix fantasy show. S- Swords and Sorcery Simpsons. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell to me about disenchantment. Uh, it's it's fun. I heard uh, who was it? Who was it talking about? Somebody's talking about. Was it you talking about watching? No, somebody's talking about watching it, and they said, uh, "Oh, it was Celestia was watching it with Robert, and uh, she was saying it was you know not as funny as the other stuff." And Robert's like, "Because you weren't watching it, you were like drawing or something, so you were missing all the visual jokes. <laughs> you really got to pay attention." There were tons, tons of sight guys going on in the background. Tons of them, yeah. I mean, something was always happening on screen. Yeah. As an aside. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not one you can just listen to. You really just, gotta be watching. Just remember that, Andy. Every time you do one of the sight gags here at the, on the show, <laughs> and you expect the <laughs> listeners to he understand gotcha. what you're doing, he got gotcha. you. It's, it's your fault for, for not whipping out the video. Look at the bright side. Celestia's not missing anything apparently. Oh, Boom. Oh, and I want to thank you for posting the pictures of the minis that I made you on Facebook. Oh yeah, <laughs> do that. He probably <laughs> he probably broke them already. I did not, but they have been they have been uh, absconded with. They have been sealed away from my protection. Oh, have they? Yeah, I I, I very quickly I saw them sitting on the counter, <laughs> and I looked at Kit. Kit. Oh, and I was like, mm. so I got out a little plastic container and gave him a home. Oh. I don't know where they are yet. I have to ask him. I'll take a picture. <laughs> it's my fault. It's my fault for not taking a picture of him in the first place. Yeah. After I gave him to him, I'm like, That's shit, true. I never took a picture. I should have done that. <laughs> I discovered something I need in my life. What do you need oh. in your life? I need to watch something on ESPN, like a, um, an auction with kids bidding. <laughs> Because that you, was who's going to be bidding on kids? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> kids doing the bidding. Oh, okay. This well, is vague. That hey, was hilarious. I didn't make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we we uh, attended the War Games uh, auction. War Room war Games room, had yeah, their yeah. auction this weekend. <laughs> Harry, why don't you tell it? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. You're good. Yeah, I'm good. You're, you're, I'm good. I'm, all right. I'm having a fact check moment. All right. Yeah. Stroking over here. So we mentioned it last week. It happened yesterday, and it was Be stroking. It, I think it was a little bigger this time than last time. They certainly uh, made it flow better, although it was still pretty long. I was there for about six and a half hours. No so way! Really? Yeah. Six and a half hour auction. Six and a half hour auction of nothing but war games and board games. It wow. paid off. He got his Ark of the Covenant. Oh, I got a thing. 
That goes into Warhammer stuff. I bought some Warhammer stuff. Warhammer? Yeah. Warhammer, Warhammer, Warhammer. No, no, he's, he's not talking about that. Uh, while During the auction, I absconded with a copy of Twilight Imperium. Oh. Which is the granddaddy of all board board games, basically. It's normally $170 for the massive thing. I got it for 30 bucks. I love this auction. Wow. What is it? Uh, Twilight Imperium is everybody is their own alien faction mm-hmm. through a whole universe that changes every single time because it's hextile based. Mm-hmm. And through war and politics and negotiation and diplomacy and research, you want to be the first one to, I think it's like 10 victory points or whatever it is. But it is known for being an extremely long game. Ah. Most games last in excess of eight hours. Mm. So massive, Ooh. massive game. That, that, that rivals Titan. So I'm Man. excited. And the, the thing is massive. The board game itself. I'll have to pull it out of the closet to show you. Okay, I, put, I already put it away. Yeah. Yeah, show him your massive thing. Yeah, you want to see this massive mm. thing. And it's, it's full of, my thing is full of stuff. Yeah, he's going to come out of the <laughs> closet to show me. Mm-hmm. Well, you'd have to. But yeah, I got, I got like five or six new board games. I bought a little stack of role-playing games for Kay. I, for you, I got Cthulhu Live. Yeah. This is the Lovecraft LARPing, live-action role-playing is games. Is that like Luxor Live? Is that like the talk show format? No one understands that joke. Wow. That nobody, is, nobody gets that Andy, joke. Andy got that is it. so obscure. I had to pull one of my deep files to get that one. I'm going to sell it to pull that That's out. That's an my old goodness. Vegas joke. My goodness. Goodness, goodness. That was, I, that was the least impressive part of that show. I know, right? The, but, the, the trilogy of connected shows. Yeah. But Kay was there. Matt was there. And yes, one of the cool things at this auction is that uh, there's always a couple little kids around. And the family got into it. (laughs) And (laughs) when the kids bid, they pretty much let it go at that moment. He kills it. Yeah, he's like, "Up, twenty from the kid," and and that's it. He generally doesn't take any more bids. And boom, the kid kid gets whatever they're bidding on. Right now, the question is: second one though, were the the parents going back? I know. Well, we're getting to that. I was I was setting him up to support Matt. It's about (laughs) support. It's, it's, it, yeah. <laughs> Up the story, gently. So this is what it's like to be you? <laughs> oh, you shut up! You! Yeah, I know. You bastard. You're Mr. Grab it by the balls and give it a good yank. Up the story. <laughs> but the joyous moment was when two kids started betting against each other and he wasn't about to stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, w- he was like, oh, and a kid in. The- oh! Oh, and he just went off on his second kid bidding, and then he's like, two kids bidding, this is great. And everybody else backed off. At that point, they just let the kids bam, bam, bam. What was the item? uh, It was some some thing, uh, some lot of, uh, not a lot, uh, just a bag of Warhammer Fix. Yeah. And uh, just like like what Matt has sitting in front of him to to do an Andy. Oh, thanks for that visual. Yeah, Yeah. and uh, for our viewers out there. But it was just a bag of, of uh, the plastic molded, not yet made or painted figs. And it was really funny because he holds it up and the kids are just like, they're, they're, they're going like one, was it one dollar? I mean, they, they it started was, with a, a buck. It, yeah. And it was just, it, it went up to 
40. No, I don't think it went that high. No, it was like 29 or something, 28. In 28? There. Yeah. Did it, so it was coming up on 30. And what was really funny is the kid's like, ah, yeah. And then he's like, yay, I win. I got it. And the other kid's like, ah. And then, they, then he goes, oh, here's another one. <laughs> and, the, and the kid who won goes, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's like, "I'm sorry, I didn't realize." <laughs> You're right, Matt. I would watch this, but I want to. Like, I want to like Soothbees or Christie's, but like one of those huge auction houses. Soothbees. What is it? Sotheby's. 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 No, I like Soothbees. Soothbees. Yeah, Soothbees. That was a start. I just watched the Star Trek episode with Soothbee in it. So oh, that's man. <laughs> Soothbee. Holy fuck! What the hell am I thinking of? I don't know. You're making, oh, up, no. you're making up your own Star Trek. <laughs> wow! It's Canadian Star Trek. And then yeah. the, there was another time where family, uh, the wife started bidding, and people were bidding against her, and the price was going up. And then the husband was chiming in. He took the paddle from her because we did. They did this legit with numbered paddles in the works, and she and he's bidding, and it's still going up. And so you finally, didn't tell me they were... grabbed their kid. And they have the kid hold up the paddle. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, kid bid, cut it. And he stopped it right there. And then everybody laughed. And then everyone guess they realized what was going on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious. You didn't tell me there were paddles. Was- wow. <laughs> you, you were wow. interrupting you my story. I waited for that line. I was done. I heard you talking. <laughs> Don't, I heard you talking, motherfucker. <laughs> I kept talking through it, but I heard you. The great thing about this auction is that it's a few choice items aside, it is a good deal for whatever thing you're bidding on. Everything goes super low. I don't think there was a board. I think. Fuck you, train guy. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> okay. Matt, when he, we, we're inspecting the tables early on to see what he might enjoy, and there's this big pile of miniature war game terrain. He's like. Perfect, because that he was planning on building terrain, uh-huh. and I won't have to build it. Because here's all these terrains; they're starting off at five dollars each for the minimum bid. So he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna clean house on this." <laughs> and sure enough, there's two other dudes and one really, really intense dude. Yeah, fuck that guy. That was driving the price <laughs> up to twenty twenty five each oh time. Oh my god, it was great, and they were battling it out by like a dollar. It's like five dollars, ten dollars, twelve dollars, thirteen, fourteen, and they're sitting one right in front of the other, and the guy behind him keeps going. Oh come on! <laughs> and then at one point, when uh, when he wins a bid, he the, like the other guy stops uh, the uh, what's his name who was calling it Ray. Ray was like going once, and the guy's like, "Don't slow count it! Come on!" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Ray's the owner, the guy that runs it. He's amazing. It was, it and was then funny. finally, I got in there with some swamps came up, and I was like twenty. I won them, and Ray's like, "Yeah, good, good on you for breaking this shit up." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was a great time. I basically now have a Necron army in Warhammer. I basically did that for the first half hour of the auction. Like, there were no Necrons for the rest of the day except for that first half hour, and boy, was that a fun time. So, yay, Necron stuff. Did you happen to get a monolith? Yes. Oh, you... (laughs) (laughs) How much did you pay for it? The monolith? $15. Damn. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you what else I got because I I want some of it to be a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So beyond the 2001 reference, what is a monolith? Uh, 
monolith is this it's a trans even when I tell you you're not going to understand what it is probably it is, not. It is a transport for Necron warriors that in itself is a battlemobile aha okay battlemobile yeah that's cool and it has a big gem on the top and I have to and it's barely painted so I'm going to start from scratch on it so it's a Warhammer Batmobile yes it has a thing on top but much more creepy okay much more creepy fair enough so, yeah, unlike last time, I got this huge stack of board games. One of them is made board games this time, but the ones that they had there were choice. There were some good ones. XCOM board game, the uh, Sons of Anarchy was there. These are ones that I lost. But uh, oh, See that the guy. one that hurts me the most <laughs> that I lost, because there was a lot of, uh, like, six board games, most of them military board games. But in that lot was Tales from the Crypt board game oh, from ooh. the 90s. yeah. So a real rare piece, and because I knew there was stuff that I was going to bid on later and so on, uh, I I stopped bidding at twenty. I think it went for twenty five, and I'm still kind of kicking myself. It still would have gone further though if I you would have gone for thirty thirty five. Yeah, he'd be like thirty five. <clears throat> yeah. Now that you mentioned Monolith, you got you know that the uh, two thousand one is in uh, IMAX for a couple more days here. It's, it's, where's Where's it at? I didn't see it. Listed. Um. All right, we'll Town Square has it. That. Town, Square, Town Square has it. Stop talking, Todd, while I bring this up. <laughs> no, I, already, I had it up before I talked about it. I'm smart like that. And don't we? Uh, really? Remember. Sometimes. <laughs> well, <laughs> what, do, what are you doing then? You're looking well, at your well, phone. I'm smart. It. Came out of his mouth. <laughs> I said sometimes. <laughs> okay. I clarified it. Okay. I was gonna say I didn't hear the sometimes either. So. It was there. Play, okay. Do the playback. All right. Run it back now. So I spent about total <laughs> 250 bucks at the office. It was, I came in late, and uh, the reception there is awful. And I'm like texting out, and stuff is taking forever to go out. Or something. I see Todd, <clears throat> and it was really funny, because at one point you bought something. It was a bag of stuff. And uh, then I see you talking figures. with some guy, and blah, 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 and you nod your head. Then you go to your bag, and then you come back with something. You give it to him. He gave you some cash. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm watching. It's like, wow. Yeah, I, got, I got side deals going on. Yeah, yeah. Todd was just working it. And uh, finally, I was, I was, <sighs> you got to sign up and shit. And I was like, ah, I don't, you got to. I don't want to do that. You got to tell them your name. I, I, uh, <laughs> signing name, up. And name and phone number. Get, getting a paddle and stuff. Oh, and I was hard. like, you know what? If I want something, I'll just tell Todd, bid on it, and I'll give him the cash. I had maybe 30 to screw around with if I was willing to do it. You're lucky it was him and not me, because you'd have been like, I'd be like, Paddle's over there. Yeah, Go register yeah. yourself. Oh, yeah. And I, a lot would have been going. I know who my friends are. <laughs> not, notwithstanding, and apparently not you. Notwithstanding the fact that you weren't there. I had to no, he knows go get four new tires, uh-huh. which really hampered my auction house finances. <laughs> okay? Huh. I was really upset about that. I know. Four new tires? Yeah, four. four. Guy. Yeah, I, wo- I woke, or got, went outside. I'm like, all right, auction today. Yeah, all chipper. I looked down, front left tire, huge crack in it. Awesome. Yeah. So two, obviously, and then they checked it back. And of course, oh, these are real bad too. But I saw the, I saw what he was measuring with, and yeah, they were bad. Yeah, I've had so. that problem with my tires for three months. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't have any power steering. Right. So 
That's why old school. Picking so it old school. Oh, yeah. In other words, Matt, Andy's saying you're a pussy. Yeah, oh, basically. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually getting tires Wednesday, but yeah. So so then Todd catches up to me, and he's like, hey, man, if you want anything, just let me know. You know, I'll bid on it. I'm like, okay. And we're standing there. Second round comes along. Matt finally arrives, and they're starting to do the role-playing games, and, and they lift up one, and it's this game I'd heard about from this blog I, I read that I was, ooh, he, I, I, I went, ooh, and Todd was like, what's that? And I'm like, oh, it's a, it's a pretty good campaign setting uh, for a game, and uh, uh, kind of sword and sorcery-ish. And then I was about to say, could you bid for me when he turns around and starts bidding? And I'm like, oh. Because <laughs> it's like the guy I'm bidding through <laughs> is bidding, so it's he goes 25. What am I going to do? 30. 30 from me. Bet against I, actually, yourself. Actually, I think it's 10. <laughs> yeah, so... And uh, 20th anniversary version of it, right? Well, no, no, no. That's the shadow run that he got. Yeah, you got to be careful going, ooh, right around Todd. Because if you say it at the wrong time, he'll buy you something. That's Mm. how I got my wife. (laughs) 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 So, but thanks, man, because that that was some, that's some cool stuff there. Yeah, it ended up giving it the Hyborian game. Yep, Hyborian. That's right. Yeah. I have no idea what that is, so... Okay. Very Conan-esque. Oh, okay. See? I can be obscure, too. Ha. <laughs> ha. So, again, War Room Games, thank you for putting on another great auction. That is their semi-annual auction, so expect it again in six months All right. if you missed it and want to attend later and on. And more Kid Wars. And hopefully there'll be more Kid Wars. Kid War. Kid and bring a kid if you're going to go. Oh, Jesus. So then you can... When, when, that, when that bidding starts spiraling out of control, you yeah. can just... Give them the paddle. Yeah. <laughs> Where can I borrow a kid? <laughs> that sounds creepy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to isolate that as just a sound bite. <laughs> <laughs> my, ring, my ringtone. <laughs> yeah, send it to me because I want <laughs> Title of your cover band. Where can I borrow my kid? Where can I borrow a kid? That's my uh, my Gary, Gary Glitter cover band. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Damn. Wow. He did wow. that. <laughs> he did that, folks. Woo. You'll go anywhere, won't you? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Iowa. He <laughs> is a man that, He is a man without shame. You have not learned this by now? <laughs> I mean, you sit right across from him every day. Yes. Every week. <laughs> you, you can't ah, see it, ah. but the moment that Jeff said that, Andy spread his legs as wide as I have no idea go. what you're talking about, because I'm looking at 80s Jeff. <laughs> as wide uh. as they could go. <laughs> you know, one day Andy's going to do that, and his pants are going to split. <laughs> it's like he did stretches before the show began. Yeah. <laughs> Which he did. <laughs> you don't want to tear anything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, a cu- at the rate he's going in a couple weeks, he'll do that Jean Claude Van Damme thing. Oh God! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Between the, the two chairs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's a visual. <laughs> oh. What man. else you do this week, gentlemen? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually had a pretty good week. I uh, um, took my original Xbox One in, and uh, GameStop was running a special where. They would give you a minimum of $200 towards a trade-in for an Xbox One X. Oh. And you okay, Andy? Just stretch my hand. Okay. Uh, Tai Chi happening over here. (laughs) So Todd and I collected some some old games that we weren't playing anymore and... 
I boxed him up, took it's him like in. like 30 games. Yeah. I was expecting to maybe get $20, $30 out of it. Wound up getting about 100 uh, in trades. Um, and in the same time became a, a legend at this GameStop because they were just aghast at how pristine all of our games were. Like the we guy, take care of our shit. Yeah, like the guy was just like, I was like, I'm amazed. Like this game is five years old and it looks brand new. Like he's popping the disc out and looking at it, and he's just like, he's like, I love trades like this. I mean, I love doing this. This is one of the highlights of my job. So, um, no, it was. I mean, no, he no, was sincerely. That, that. He was sincerely excited by it, and uh, and uh, so that must be a boring job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you would think. How do I? What do we got in this box? Well, he, he came, actually he came did home get giddy from work. Some of those. He came home from work and said, "Honey, guess what happened today? Somebody brought in thirty games in their Xbox. I never seen anything like it in my life. My time at GameStop is fulfilled." Well, you, it's, you know what she said. You want to make your favorite, and later tonight we're gonna. Yeah. Well, he kept a copy of the receipt because the receipt ended up being like about five feet long. And he said this is one of the biggest trades he's ever done there with the number of games and so forth wow. in a single transaction. What Jeff is saying, we keep shit way longer than we should. They did that for me. And then um, oh yeah, I also found out that the, original, uh, the Project Scorpio edition of the Xbox One X was back in stock on GameStop's website. So I went back in. So what's the difference said, between hey. the Project Scorpio version and the regular One X? So Project Scorpio was the original name for the Xbox One X. It has a paint scheme that is an homage to the original Xbox, oh. the the first generation Xbox. Um, so it's got that green and that black in there. Um, very says, Necron. Says, that sounds very Necron to Says me. Project Scorpio on it. Has a couple other bells and whistles that come with it. Red Ring of Death, it rises again. (laughs) (laughs) A couple other bells and whistles that that weren't part of the the regular one. And so when I went back in and asked, I was like, hey, what are the possibilities that I could have you guys order me one of these and then do a direct swap? And they said, absolutely. And they took care of that for me, got me my Project Scorpio. It's on the way. Even got me free two-day shipping. So big shout out to the... The GameStop here in Vegas on Tropicana and Maryland Parkway. Not only did they take good care of me, they went out of their way to to be helpful and everything. So that's I, not uh, the one where Paul was held up. I was thinking no, the exact same thing. No, that one's that one's <laughs> the one off of Tropicana and like Pecos. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, that's. Yeah. Uh, Don't go to that one. <laughs> I, it's funny as I actually fine. I actually went to that fine. one first, and they recommended that I go over to the one on Tropicana, Maryland. Why didn't they want to deal with the one that was closest uh, to you? Well, I mean, I didn't take the the trades in there. I had gone in there initially <laughs> to ask about doing that trade, and they said, and I guess for some they didn't have an Xbox One X in stock or anything to do the actual physical trade. They're very or popular. something. That's why they get held up. And oh. they they recommended that I go to the other one, and I'm like, well, you know, that's actually on my way to work, so it was a little more convenient. I could do it, you know, on my regular days on the way into work and so forth. So. But yeah, great great staff in there. They're very knowledgeable. So um, you you now you have your 4K game system coming yes. for your non 4K television. <laughs> well, I might have one of those soon too. Cuz uh, apparently before I, we started recording, uh uh one of the LG OLEDs is oh. had dropped like $700 in price and OLEDs is, are great. In as affordable and it's the same size TV that we have here now. So 
Anyway, I'm still thinking about it. I'll let you guys know next week if if I change and and drop the drop the dime. I don't on know about one. any of y'all, but I I'm excited. That. I'm excited. I saw that. <laughs> uh, the other thing I did. So you won't be needing this one. <laughs> he looks <laughs> longingly, longingly. Don't, don't you have? Yeah, we have, K's? We have a big yeah. ass TV. Yeah, I think your I think your TV is bigger than our TV, right? Is ours, this is a sixty three inch. Don't you have like yeah. a seventy inch? <laughs> sixty six, uh, bigger than sixty three. Okay, but I think less than it. I think it's it's, it's either the sixty five or the seventy. It's a sixty five. Because I remember talking to Jerry and Francine about it before they gave it to you. Yeah. They got the 4K. Yeah. Ooh. That's some good stuff. It is. It's pretty damned impressive. We watched uh, my uh, Thor Ragnarok in 4K. And pretty. The, the Infinity War on it. And wow. That's some sharp stuff. <laughs> uh, some guy put on YouTube, we don't see in 4K. I watched that video. Yeah? Yeah. All right. I'll have to take what, a look at it. What happened? Yeah, I, I was expecting you. He, ba- he basically gives a history of high definition televisions and where they're going in the future, and that 8K is beyond that. And yeah, when it comes down to it, he go most. It's a video about the history of HDTV and how your eyes work in 19 minutes. It's oh, well, cool. Basically, he's probably without having seen it. I would imagine he's talking about dot pitch and when you increase the size of the television the increasing spacing between the dot pitch at a certain point, you know, if depending on what the size of the television is, you're not going to be able to t- to see the clarity of 4K. Are versus- we losing the audience? Are we losing the audience? You lost, you lost, you lost me. Wow. <laughs> me and Matt are over here talking Warhammer. I don't even care about Warhammer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was interested. It made me think of something. Um... Uh, I watched a TED Talk where someone was talking about perception. Yes. And she mentioned something about when you're in a stressful or traumatic situation and things seem to slow down, she said, literally, what's happening is you're seeing, you're experiencing at a higher frame rate, Yes, so to speak. Your brain is processing so much faster that yeah. it makes everything seem like it's slower. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and it was it was really... That was really, really interesting to uh, to imagine it as to think about it. In fact, uh, the old uh, sci-fi series Time Tracks they did a a variation on that called Time Stalling, where Time Tracks. Yeah. Wow. It was a time travel thing. Of course, I was going to watch it. I forgot about <laughs> it. I but I've uh, ever heard of it. Part of, part of the evolution of the people it, of the future an, was it's that Time Tracks with an X. Oh. Tracks. They're able to process information so fast that it looks like something that's coming at them is moving in slow motion so they can react to it quicker. Like when Superman's eyes look at you when you're running past him. Yeah, something like that. Oh, I know exactly what that's like. But what I was going to say before, um, I went and saw Happy Time Murders this weekend. Oh, excellent. How was it? I I really enjoyed it. Now, it's it's by no means an award-winning film. It's a detective story Mm -hmm. with puppets. And it's a Henson film. It really is Henson. It's Brian Henson is directing it. Okay. It's a Henson company. It's they're they're it, they're releasing it under their their banner called Henson Alternative. Okay. So. So wait, the Sesame Street is no longer Henson. Sesame Street originally, when they signed with PBS, they kept that completely separate from 
the Henson Company. So didn't they go after them for this adver- for their advertisement? I this think they tried to. Yes, because the advertisement was something. This is not your PBS Street or whatever. PBS and Children's Television Workshop officially own the Sesame Street puppets. So unless there's a crossover from the Muppets, that's it. They're completely separate. It was something. It was part of the deal that that Jim Henson did um, originally so that regardless of what happened to him or his companies, because he actually wanted to move on and do other things, more adult things, like, you know, they did the the Creature Shop, which created some of the the most fantastic puppet creations ever. So he wanted to make sure that children were always taken care of with Sesame Street, so he signed over all the rights to that early on in the early days of Sesame Street. All right. Uh, but anyway, happy time. So murders. happy time murders. It's funny. It has a lot of funny little jokes. It's it's. There's no conceit about the world. It's just you have humans and puppets, and they you know they don't try to explain why it's that way. It's just that's the reality for these characters. Mm-hmm. The jokes, some of them were funnier than others. But what was really heartwarming was to see actual puppetry going on. Mm. Classic. With a few modern variations, like um, when you're watching the credits, they do some behind-the-scenes stuff. So they show people in green screen suits doing the traditional puppetry with the rods and so forth that later on was taken out digitally. So there, you'll notice a couple of scenes where it's like, well, that, that clearly looks like a real puppet, but something looks a little off. That's why when you see it in the credits, you're like, oh, that's why, because they had to digitally remove the puppeteers. So. I love that they put that in the credits. Yeah. But uh, the majority of it, they did the traditional the frame lines about the waist of the character, so you're not seeing the puppeteer, but the puppeteer is you know, on uh, sliding um, uh, cart thing underneath, so they're being pulled while they're doing the puppetry, and it's fascinating. I just, I've always adored that. So, yeah, it's, it's worth a viewing. I mean, of course, not everybody's going to like it because it's... It's not trying to be something more than what it is. It's simply a an old-fashioned detective story set in a world where there's both puppets and humans. Now, we're not going to get another one, that's for sure. Probably not. The, the, no, it's just a horrible story. Oh, yeah, it's, it's done... T- well, there's been a lot of negative critical reviews, so it's tending to scare off people that uh, might go see this. Hmm. So don't go to the thinking this movie is going to change your world... But if you want a fun, happy, not too complicated story with a bunch of sight gags as well as written jokes, it's it's a good escape for about an hour and a half. Sounds like see it now before it gets out of the theaters next week. <laughs> if you want to see it in the theater, yes, move fast. If you're if you're on the fence about it, wait for it go to the dollar movie theater. Yeah, wait twenty five years, see it in IMAX on the special re-release. Right. <laughs> but I mean, I, I personally. Like I personally think it was fun. I think it was worth the time. Um, I remember seeing the movie. I, I watched the movie Bob review on it, and he and I have very similar thoughts about this film. So, if you watch his review and you think that's something you might enjoy, go see it. Anything else you do this week, gentlemen? We're good. Did we do anything? We're else? good. Yeah, go. You're, you're acting like I'm trying track. to rush this along. Uh, no, you, you got pages and pages all. to get through. I'm I'm not rushing to get through these. I'm just, they're, they're Andy, there. Andy got a black pearl in Hexic. No oh, Jesus. What, yeah. Uh, what What does that even mean? <laughs> What's a black pearl in Hexic? I found some stupid game on Xbox. It's one of those 
lineup. It, it's basically a block breaking thing. It's lineup lineup blocks of things and try and make them disappear kind of game. It's a dumb game, but I just needed a mental break after lots of craziness. So I've been playing a lot of the stupid hexic. And I like it because it's a hella quiet game. <laughs> So oh. just so Andy like can relax in the morning, four in the morning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he can relax. You can relax. I don't hear a thing. Yeah. Are you that kind of roommate? No, I actually we, we I, I don't watch stuff in, that makes loud explosions at night anymore because it makes the house vibrate. So I end up watching <laughs> comedy or something quieter. You know, there's these little pads you can put your speakers on that doesn't make the house vibrate. Do you have a, uh, you have a subwoofer on? No, dude, it's the it's the base, yeah. Okay. It's a subwoofer. You can turn that off or unplug it. <laughs> I don't mess with this system. <laughs> we, don't we, give him any ideas. Why don't you get back there with amongst all the cords? Mm. Yes, yes, <laughs> please, <laughs> please. He'll there, be like the cat. There, there's your vacation. Just <laughs> there's your obituary, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Andy Taylor was found caught in a rat's nest of cables behind Kristen Zapanski's television. No, it won't be, I'll, I'll be the, it won't be the rat's nest of cables. Ko come home and just find the the TV flat on the on the uh, on the floor with the me. TV He'll have been fallen over. Wait, It'll wait. be broken. Two Andy'll feet be like two hands sticking out. <laughs> Andy'll be like suspended a couple feet above the ground, no, caught, caught up in cables, and be like, "Oh, hi, Kay." <laughs> no, it'll, be be like, it'll be like the Wicked Witch of the West. My toes curling up, and yeah. Kid will be staring at him, head cocked to the side. East, excuse me. So nothing else, Shelvin. I don't think Not that so. I can think of. We're going to our favorite section. All right. Yeah, that's that's what we got here. So we got to do it then, I guess. As you didn't want to say anything it's else. right there. News you don't give a shit about. Yeah! Oh, you, just, you had that in reserve. That's pretty good. Welcome. Now that he knows what news you don't give a shit about yeah. is about. Yeah. yeah. There's there's now there's that some... he, that's that's why he was I rushing. finally got it. He was like, I got this. Got to do it. News you don't give a shit about California U.S. District Court Judge Anthony Battaglia issued an injunction in the case between San Diego Comic Convention Ugh. and Dan Farr and Brian Brandenburg, the pair in charge of Salt Lake Comic Con. Salt Lake was ordered to pay $20,000 in corrective advertising in the aftermath of a trademark infringement trial last winter. But when they asked Battaglia for a new trial, things got messy. Not only did Battaglia not put aside the ruling, he upheld the jury's verdict, issued an injunction, and ordered the defendants to pay about $4 million in attorney's fees. <laughs> he got a little pissed. And that's as the newly branded Fan X Salt Lake Comic Convention is one week away from launch. This is just one of many suits that the SDCC, San Diego Comic-Con, has filed against Comic-Cons around the U.S., but Salt Lakes was the first to test the water. And SDCC looks like has the law squarely on its side. SDCC pushed for a new trial as well, asking for Salt Lake to disgorge profits because the San Diego plaintiffs disputed some of their non-wilfulness. Willfulness. But though the ju judge affirmed that Salt Lake was non-wilful, he did add on some restraints after Salt Lake continued to push. Salt Lake is barred from using the words Comic-Con, Comic-Con, or anything that sounds like it, like Comic-Con with K's and K-H-A-N. They can't do any of that kind of stuff. And they can't advertise as a former Comic-Con. Comic-Convention 
is as close to any non-San Diego event seems likely to be able to get as Battaglia has seemingly fed up with the exceptional trademark case. It was only after Salt Lake brought up the same rehashed arguments that didn't work at the trial, like contending that Comic-Con had become a generic term, that the judge dictated they pay attorney's fees. With Salt Lake chastised and renamed, it's probably going to be the first in a series of Comic-Con dominoes that, are, that if it's not associated with SDCC, will soon fall or face litigation. Is New York Comic Con associated with them? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that, that is uh, official <laughs> with them. But don't you love, this is the judge that did this, right? Yes. Don't you love when judge power trip? Like, fucking. It's. Judges, man, that's where you want to be. It's a mess. I mean, they. The, the trial correctly pointed out that the words Comic Con had prior use before San Diego was established. And even San Diego didn't start out as a San Diego Comic-Con. So even though all of that stuff was brought up at trial, in fact, I think they even remember, uh, if I remember correctly, it was brought up that the U.S. Patent Trade Organization incorrectly awarded them a trademark on the word Comic-Con and then reversed that by saying, whoops, we didn't do enough research and found out that you're not the first person to use the words Comic-Con. So they retracted their trademark, but allowed them to keep the copyright on the San Diego Comic-Con icon. Even though that was brought up at trial, the jury still awarded for San Diego. So it's, it's, it's bizarre. I still don't get it. This is just another example of how trials aren't won by facts, they're won by emotions. And whoever puts on the more dazzling case is typically who won. I mean, I know San Diego Comic-Con had quite a few uh, legal experts that they were able to hire and bring in, especially for a quote-unquote non-profit organization. Four million dollars worth, apparently. Um, I remember the Salt Lake Comic-Con kept having to do uh, funding rounds asking for donations for their legal defense. So Who I, knows? So I hope this uh, Fan X Salt Lake comic convention <laughs> does really well for them. <laughs> I don't know. It's This weekend, head to Salt Lake and enjoy the, their comic their convention. first and last. <laughs> but I, this, thing, this just angers me. It really does. Because... They are awarded a trademark they didn't that really they didn't, deserve. They didn't deserve or earn. Mm-hmm. As much as I like that convention, it's not a nonprofit. No, I, even though it's registered as a nonprofit, few comic cons are. Yeah, it's not a it's not a nonprofit. the The ownership conglomerate that owns that the San Diego Comic Con makes huge amounts of money. Yeah, but the fact that now all these other conventions that have called themselves Comic Cons are probably going to have lawsuits filed against them. It's just, it's going to get crazy over the next year. News you don't give a shit about. This was coming hot off the presses. I'm reading this off my phone. Oh, wow. Uh-oh. Uh, this really only affects you if you live in China, but this is happening. This is happening. China. China. Hot China. chicken wing and wasabi-flavored Oreos may be coming to a supermarket near you if you live in China. Yeah, you're right. I don't give a shit about this. Oreo's parent company, Mondelitz, I think, Mondelitz, (laughs) announced via Twitter that its two newest iterations of the beloved cookie are available now in China. Big, bold flavors of hot chicken wing and wasabi. 
In the past, Oreos released unexpected flavors like uh, orange ice cream and kettle corn. Uh, But these flavors depart even further than was expected from traditions. Uh, Design Taxi, it's a culture website, says that uh, the new additions are salty and spicy flavors that you'll never know could exist in Oreo form. I've discovered one of the flavors uh, from Oreo that I do like. It's not really... An obscure flavor, coconut. It's one of the best ones. I, you know, what? I do. I do like the explorations that Oreo is doing into flavor. Mm. I wanted to try the cherry cola one, but I couldn't find any packages after it came out. Mm. It was weird. It was weird. It was. Oh, weird. you got to try. It, some. I did get to try some. It was, and you didn't save me one. It, it was <laughs> bastard. I was given one at work. Oh, okay. I mean, well, I, I could have. didn't save half of it. You could have birded it. I could yeah, have. Could have birded it. Uh, no. <laughs> One of the uh, simpler but most wonderful things I had at the fair, like a root beer float, but it was vanilla ice cream and orange soda. It was like a creamsicle. No, oh, it sounds great. It's amazing. It sounds yeah, amazing. That, so simple. Yeah, now, that's, that's been around for ages. I've yeah, heard it's I, good. I, I have not run across it before. Now, Oreo did announce... Creamsicle float. <laughs> Coke floats are good, too, believe that it or not. That one, too, yeah. yeah. Brown cow, motherfucker. Uh, the announced five... <laughs> <laughs> Five new Oreo flavors for the American market, though. So these are what's coming. Hold on, let me guess. Oh, okay. You want to guess? Lard flavored. This Uh, is the American market. They're all lard flavored. Um, No, but lard flavored. No. Um, What do you think that that whipped white stuff is? Oh, God. Really? Matt? You supposedly wanted to do this? it used to be. <laughs> okay, all right, fine, fine. Go ahead. No, you want to keep no, guessing? No, go no, ahead. No, he 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 Oreoed my fucking statement. So go ahead. A big I lard pillow Oreo. Big yeah. pillow, big mega stuff. Pillow full of lard. Pillow, <laughs> blurt. So, so on June, back on June fourth, fried butter. What else? Ah. Let's see. Chocolate peanut butter pie. Fried chicken. Right. And pistachio thins were rolled into markets. Mm. Ooh. Uh, and there's three limited edition flavors. Uh, good humor strawberry. This next one sounds fantastic. Peppermint bark. I had the good humor wow. strawberry one, and that yeah. is not very good. No, not that one. And, like and Rocky Road Trip will debut by the end of the year. Nice. Rocky Road Trip. Peppermint yeah. bark. And limited edition favorites in the past. Firework Oreos are going to come back. So. It, you know, I'm a big fan of the mega stuff, the double stuff, right? Okay. you know, lots of... Lots, lots of lard. Lard. But <laughs> I have to admit, uh, when I got the coconut, yep. they, they were only in thins. thins. Oh. And... Delicious. Yeah, the 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 Oreo cookie flavor actually gets complemented by the slight hint of coconut, which is just like, wow, this actually works well. And I was I was pleasantly surprised. Now I want Oreos. Andy, we're gonna have to make a stop on the way home. Where? Oh, I guess we'll have to go to Walmart. It's the only place it's open. Smith's. Yeah. They well, close. No, we started early tonight. Oh we're yeah, good. that's right. We did didn't we? Okay. But um yeah, yeah, folks, here in Vegas. Shit closes at midnight now. It's weird. What, what the fuck? What are you talking about? My Smith is open 24 hours. What? What Smith are you talking no. about? Right on sunset. Yes, it uh-uh. is. Yes, it is. Uh-uh. It is now. Oh, here it is. It is now. Is here it back? Yes. Oh, hell. Yes. All right. I'm going to test it. Yeah. Go right there. Now. Wait yeah. until midnight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to stay here till midnight, and no, then we're no, going to go. No, you're not. <laughs> You don't have a say. Uh, yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, really. You're not the only one who lives here. No. We're gonna sit on the foot. Of, we're gonna sit on the foot of the bed and watch you edit. Uh. <laughs> Thank God he finished that sentence. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, "Where are you going with this?" Wow. 
Hello. Um, we call apparently, it apparently so, the lard was taken out of Oreos in 1997. Wow. <laughs> Bitch, boom. Lard drop. <laughs> <laughs> like, lard in, drop. In, order, in order to become 100%. That's a good episode title. <laughs> yeah, get one. The, <laughs> the reason was to make them 100% kosher. Yeah. Ah. If I'd really been thinking about it, because uh, because that is is a uh, it's 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 vegan because uh, Ralph eats them. That's the one cookie yes. Ralph can eat. Oh wow! Apparently, right. uh, the original source of the lard was pig lard, and um, uh oh, anybody who was of the Jewish faith could because not enjoy Oreos up until 1997. Pig lard, because so at least Iowa. according to Cornell University here. What about the Twinkies? Is that still lard in there? <laughs> oh, that's never been lard. That's like, um, it's just it's whip, whip sugar. lard, isn't it? It's Arguing over sugar. a cookie, folks. All right. Remember, remember, Todd, when they did, what was it? Birthday cake, I think. You the Oreos? Mm. Yeah. Yes. I would bring those over. They were great. Yeah. Yum. Okay. Oreos, go <laughs> get some. Yeah. Sponsored yeah. by Hydrox. <laughs> 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 Which predates Oreos. Yes. Yeah. And still the bastard stepchild. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Hy- weird. Hydrogenated, uh, hydrogenated vegetable oil. That's actually where Hydrox comes from. Yeah. Really? That, they named it after that. that yeah. Right. Chemical. Right. Jeff, back me on this. Uh, he's he's right. There was uh, some uh, program I saw recently. Yep. They were talking about like history of foods. Yep. And how like Netflix. Our perception. Yeah, it was on Netflix. Our, our perception of you know what thing comes first is not always the first thing sometimes um just better mark if for example nabisco had better marketing and managed to completely outsell hydrox and so hydrox is considered to be the lesser cookie even though hydrox was the first and just in many cases the most popular better no i'm just saying they were the, they were way more popular than oreos at the time but nabisco put way more money behind the advertising yep and Hydrox kind of like rested on its reputation saying, hey, we, we're the first, we're the best, blah, blah, blah. And, and then know. they got fucked. Yeah. Hydrox would not drop dimes for a fancy jingle. That's on them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hydrogenated uh, vegetable. I think so. The yeah. O-R-E-O. Who's that kid with the Oreo cookie yeah, jingle? Nothing can beat that with the Hydrox land. Beef fat, man. Twinkers are made of beef fat. Says right there. Still? Yep. You say Twinkies? Yep. Twinkies are disgusting. Yeah, they are. I hate Twinkies. Wait, wait, what? Yeah, they're 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 not good. What about deep fried Twinkies? Oh, oh no, you're talking. deep fried Twinkies are amazing. You know, actually, you can deep fry that aluminum can and it'd be great. Okay. Okay. So your point is, <laughs> I, but I, you know what? <laughs> I can, I'm not eating that. <laughs> I can eat fast food every other day of the week. French fries every day. But when it comes to fair fried food, I feel guilty and wrong when yeah. I eat about very any of alliterative that. too. Yeah, eleven days of it, Burton killed me. Yeah, I'll bet. Yeah, but I mean, just, even even like the classic stuff, like elephant ears and stuff like that. I'm sure that's not that much worse than McDonald's French fries. Oh, when I it bet comes it is. To it. You think so? I bet it is. <laughs> hey, was there a funnel cake stand there? Yeah, of course oh, there is. I it's a it. fair. I- a weird backwoods Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Dude, that just means that it's definitely there. Yeah. You're it, lucky there wasn't deep fried funnel cake. Isn't that just south it of Canada? Might have been. <laughs> oh, that bacon wrapped rib. Yes. Oh. I, I wish there was a way I could have asked you to bring home some. 
Just just like I could bring the cookie back from uh, for Jeff. He could have done it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he, could, he could baby bird it. News <laughs> <laughs> don't like give that. a shit about Oscar winning director Danny Boyle, who was director for 28 Days Later, Sunshine, will no longer be putting his spin on Ian Fleming's Bond universe. The filmmaker has exited the 25th Bond movie over creative differences. Also, the Hollywood Reporter writes that the film has also lost its script. Oh, dear. With the expected release dates of October 29th in the UK and November 8th in the US being thrown into some serious doubt. The screenplay, penned by Boyle and his train-spotting partner John Hodge, was said to be the source of the creative dispute with the producers Michael G. Wilson and Barbara Broccoli, as well as star Daniel Craig. Meanwhile, the Telegraph reports that the impasse was over the casting of the movie's villain, whom Boyle wanted to be played by Polish actor Tomasz Kot. Based on the report, Boyle and Hodge's plot would have revolved around, quote, contemporary political tensions with Russia and a modern-day Cold War, unquote. But supposedly neither this nor Boyle's casting choice were accepted by the producers, who considered Kot a, quote, left-field decision for a Bond enemy, unquote. As for the screenplay, Variety's reports that MGM and Eon and the film's backers sent out word that they are looking for a writer and a writer-director to come onto the film. As for the film's release date, shooting was originally scheduled to kick off this December in England's Pinewood Studios, but now there are conflicting reports on whether the film will even hit its target opening date. According to The Hollywood Reporter, it's now scheduled to miss its North American debut of November 8th It may not arrive in theaters until late 2020. Hmm. There you go. I'm so excited for Boyle behind Bond. Yeah, yeah. and I like train spotting guy. Got right, some. and I really like Craig in that role. But he's he's getting ready to get out of it too. Every time he gets done, he says he's done with it. Right. At yeah, the, at the end yeah. of every well, film. and it gets more intense every time. And yeah. they, they offer him another Pacific island, and yeah. he's like, okay. It's particularly ru- brutal on him. I, I think yeah. didn't he do a lot of the last film with like a broken hand or something? Oof. I just it's it's. It's physically demanding, and he's just exhausted when he's done. And I, Jeff I would talks imagine to him every week. Yeah. No, I just every interview I've watched with him, and they talk talked to him it. every interview. I'm so exhausted. Oh, let me check on a bank account. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Saw, he's actors, man. I saw a really oh, funny uh, fake news story about Scarlett Johansson being the going to be playing the first Black Bond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really goddamn funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, she can handle that shit. She's yeah. got it. Yeah. Acting. Acting. Brilliant. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Have you tried acting? <laughs> Weekend Geek. Yay. That wasn't nearly as convincing, Andy. Yeah. Don't, don't encourage. Too late. <laughs> Jeff the Enabler. God, I'm just. Enabler's Jeff. <laughs> Microsoft is trying something new. Yay. Oh, yeah. Next story. <laughs> no, you actually you actually might want to hear this. One. Oh, maybe, maybe oh, not. This right. is it. Windows ten point five. I'm sorry. No, I'm what? just thinking. If, of if, if it's the article, I think it is. It's an interesting idea. I'm not sure. I want game consoles to go in this direction, but this is what's happening. According to a report from Deadline, and I think they actually announced it today. Yeah, it, it is official now. New service dubbed Xbox All Access. <laughs> it's going to launch <laughs> pretty soon. <laughs> Oh, I love listen, it. Listen to it all the way through before you start laughing. It okay. actually is, okay. is pretty interesting. All right. Let me put on my corporate hat. 
and it would have two levels of pricing for $22 a month. <laughs> subscribers would receive an uh. Xbox One S console, as well as access to the Xbox multiplayer gaming service and the Xbox Game Pass. If people are willing to pay $35 a month, subscribers would get the more powerful Xbox One X. The report features analyst Michael Pachter, noting that this would be a smart move for Microsoft and somewhat akin to what wireless car- carriers do with their phones, as in, quote, sign up for this monthly installment payment plan and you get an iPhone, and so forth. Uh, deals like this are attractive at first, but the hardware keeps customers from breaking with the service. A free Xbox could have the same effect on gamers. The same, same report notes that the console market, it has, Xbox has fallen behind Sony, and it's also facing trouble on the other side from Nintendo, a company that has seen a huge resurgence thanks to the popularity of the Switch. Researchers are predicting Nintendo will bypass Microsoft for the number two position this year. If the report is true, and this comes to pass, it would be a landmark moment in the console wars as well as the world of gaming in general. On one hand, you get an Xbox. On the other hand, to keep that Xbox, you have to pay monthly fees. What will happen if you don't pay up or if you decide to cancel? Will this become a returning your cable box at the time Warner store scenario? And when the next level of consoles finally comes out, how will that be addressed? Will people be able to upgrade their Xbox for a brand new system or will they have to pay like non-subscribers? There's still a few questions out there regarding well, this. Uh, yeah, I hate that. It's a 20... 20- I hate everything about it. What the, what Microsoft said this morning is that it's a 24-month subscription. Right. So after those two years, you can cancel the subscription part of the service at any time. You still get to keep your Xbox. Yes. So you're only on the hook for two years, just like with a cell phone. So you get to keep your Xbox, but none but, of your games will work anymore. Well, here's the thing. No, no, no. That's not what they're saying. It's You're, you're basically you're getting for $22 a month, you're getting Xbox Live, which most people already sign up for. Granted, a lot of people sign up for that for about $60 a year versus the $10 a month that if you do the month-to-month version. Um, that's more. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm, that's, I'm... I'm getting to all of these points, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> the Xbox uh, Game Pass, I think is it's called, right, Todd? Yes. The Game Pass has a bunch of games that you can... It's essentially their version of Gamefly, only digital. Brand new games. You can play... Yeah, you can play brand new games... For as long as you want. Yeah. And then when you're done with them, you just move on to the next one. So it's it's a way for you to try out games. If you don't like them, since it's a subscription service, you can just ditch the game and then Ooh, move on like to the Game next Fly. thing. Yes. Except more like Netflix. Except more like Netflix. Okay, yeah, us. you're right. More more like Netflix. Um, so that's that's the benefit of getting that service. So over the lifetime over the lifetime of the contract, the two year contract, you're gonna pay about hundred and sixty dollars less than you would just getting buying the console outright and then getting those subscription services. How much? So and if that's you're saying- interested in getting those two things, the Xbox Live and the game um, Game Pass, then it's a cost savings. If you're not interested in one or the other then it might be better to wait for a sale and then buy your How much did console. Microsoft pay for your soul? They haven't paid anything to me. <laughs> I just, I studied the did numbers. Did you hear before? You just got a new one. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, uh-huh. I, I, I bought it. Uh-huh. I, I bought it before this ever came okay, to Okay, Millennium Fandom, shut up. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I bought it before this came to light. So, um, I'm just saying it's f- for people who want an Xbox and want to try these services. It's an intriguing prospect because intriguing for a two year. Yeah, two years. Contract. Two years to get a f- essentially a, a reduced cost console. Why not? <laughs> I'm with Andy I, I, on this. I don't like it. Yeah, I, I don't like phone contracts in general, and that's basically what this is when it comes down to it. So, yeah. Difference I, being a phone is like $800,000. But then again, $1, I'm also not one of the people that are interested in something like this because I'm not interested in that subscription service. They, I Gamefly costs a heck of a lot less for me, and it works really good for what I like it for. So. And I got my Xbox One X for 200 bucks, so I can't... Uh, no, sorry, $300 with the tax and everything. So I can't complain. I got a good deal on mine. But I can see this being a prospect that would be something a lot of people would be interested in. Some people will be interested. In. I don't know about a lot, but, I, but it's good for some people. Well, I mean, just if you think about it, $22 a month is not a lot of money. It isn't, and but we're talking about a console that's been around for sure. what, three years? Well, for the for the Xbox One, it's been around for five years. The Xbox One X has only been out for a little less than a year. Right. It came out in November last year. I'm guessing most people that have wanted Xbox One mm-hmm. by now have gotten one. It's possible. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some people that well, are, some are pe- now like, yeah, maybe I'll think Some of people one. can't afford financing. So for people that wouldn't be able to buy, you know, a $300 console there outright. Is there is that. They could spread it out over the payments and they probably don't have to you could lease that car (laughs) that's where we're going that's where i'm afraid we're going Mm -hmm. that from here that this is just the beginning when the xbox announces their next box then it's going to be yeah this is a game you don't not just leasing games you're leasing the game system too Mm -hmm. oh it's going there and i'll be here laughing Laughing with your ten-year-old PC that can't play any of the modern games. That's oh, fine. Oh, you, you, you guys oh. enjoy your AAA. You're paying for your AAA. That oh, but then we're gonna release this part and this part, which should have been in the game in the first place. But <laughs> sixty dollars. Oh, here's me jacking all your my face. direction. Yeah, he's giving the whack. You know what's funny is like whack. PC games are doing that now too, especially I, if you get it through Steam. I'm not. I don't really pay, play a lot of PC games either. So I, I'm out of the gaming okay. world. Okay. I thought you were. It's back all into tabletop. <laughs> it's all about tabletop, motherfucker. I okay. thought you were getting back into uh, into uh, WoW. Yes. Okay. Well, my computer runs that easily because they design their game to run on all sorts of computers, be it shitty ones to top of the line ones. And it is because inter- it's a smart fucking company. And it is interesting because all this talk about the games and so on. Jeff doesn't play many games at all. I maybe see, see you play two to three a year. So why the hell did you get that one one X whatever? Because I wanted it. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's Jeff. Jeff is a tech adopter. That's what it comes down to. It's also the he likes the latest and greatest. He's the one with a real job in the room. This is true too. <laughs> he has money to burn on an Xbox One. Okay. <laughs> wow. Don't think that I'm not going to enjoy it while it's here. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> he's keeping it in his room. I've got an Xbox game sitting over here from GameFly, just waiting for it to arrive. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be here soon. Keep F- lining EA's pockets. Go ahead, all you fucking sheeple. Hey, hey, I like some some of their games. Not, many. <laughs> Not a lot. Some Gra- of them. Dude, grass has lots of fiber. Keeps you clean. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, it's just... Don't uh, knock sheeple. 
<laughs> and then and, and be sure to tweet about how pissed off you are as you buy the latest and greatest next iteration of that game series. Go ahead. Yeah, because if that, somebody knows how Twitter works, it's you. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Bitch about it, but you you get it. We're going to buy Battlefield again. Oh, which, which Battlefield? Okay, I'm going to pick it up tomorrow. And <laughs> Large drop. Battlefront. Large drop. After 12. You know I'm right. <laughs> about about no, what? No, that that AAA <laughs> games are shit? Everything I just said. <laughs> I How's that No Man's Sky? I, I, That's right. Mic drop. He actually got it fixed that last week. It's pretty good. It's, I really enjoyed he's, it. He was having a blast with it. It was again. a ship issue, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what it was. It was uh, the ship that I had in No Man's Sky. That kind of ship, apparently, you can't discover planets as a bug. <laughs> you know what's funny is like the huh. day after you told me what the bug was and that it was updated and fixed, I got uh, on my, my news feed on my phone an article talking about exactly that bug and saying this is like the whole list of things that were fixed and it said apparently some people were experiencing when you get a certain class of ship you suddenly can't discover any of the planets you previously discovered and i love my ship i'm not about to give that son of a bitch up for planets just laying it out there but i don't have to now because it's fixed yeah next story (laughs) all the way up to page two (laughs) <laughs> oh, poor Andy. He really wanted to blow through it. I thought we were going to get to the end. You, I there love your no optimism. End. You are a glorious optimist. This isn't the end. This is only the beginning. I'm a podcast half full kind of guy. <laughs> After 12 seasons and 10 Emmys, the Big Bang Theory is coming to an end. Yep. Quote, we are forever grateful to our fans for their support of the Big Bang Theory during the past 12 seasons. We, along with the cast, writers, and crew, are extremely appreciative of the show's success and aim to deliver a final season and a series finale that will bring the Big Bang Theory... Bing, bing, bang? Bing, bang, bong? Bing, bang, bong. <laughs> big bang, bang, bong. Theory to an epic creative close. Unquote. That was Warner Brothers Television, CBS, and Chuck Lorre Productions said in a joint statement. The nerd-based sitcom carved a little niche for itself within the landscape of American television over 10 years. Since the Big Bang Theory revolved around a group of nerds and nerd culture, it was able to get guest stars that included Mark Hamill, Brent Spiner, Quill Wheaton, Stephen Hawking, Bill Nye, Bob Newhart, Elon Musk, Nathan Fillion, James Earl Jones, Carrie Fisher, Stan Lee, Katie Sackhoff, Adam West, Steve Wozniak, Raymond Joseph Teller, Buzz Aldrin, George Takai, Leonard Nimoy, Summer Glau, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Did I say that one? I didn't. LeVar Burton and, of course, Will Wheaton, who had a recurring role as himself. As himself. On the show. A mean mean himself. Yeah, a very exaggerated. He actually softened up the last couple of years. Uh, The series was also a big hit in the real-world scientific community. Newly discovered species of bees and jellyfish, named after different aspects of the show. UCLA even created the Big Bang Theory Scholarship, meant for college students studying the fields of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, STEM, to those in the know. Season 12 of the Big Bang Theory premieres on CBS Thursday, September 27th, will run until May 2019, and close out the show with 279 episodes. We have a prediction for the last episode. You have a prediction. The elevator gets fixed. 
<laughs> Could be. And he says Bazinga mm-hmm. when he realizes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I have not seen a sing- single episode of the show, so I don't know anything about I, all of it. I think I've watched. There's a few first season episodes. I'm. I don't remember if I've seen them or not. So I didn't watch it either. Um, but like second, third season on, I've seen every episode, and uh, I enjoy the show a lot. I know Barry hates it. Barry thinks <laughs> the passion. Barry is of the opinion that it is a show that makes fun of geek culture and nerd culture. I think that it does play up some of those stereotypes a little bit too much. However, it does treat the nerddom with a lot more respect than I think he gives it credit for. Would you say that this did for nerd culture what Will and Grace did for gay culture? I <laughs> don't know how what to answer that. <laughs> Uh, I will say the I I enjoy what I've seen. I haven't seen I haven't seen anything for I'm, I'm several seasons behind. But I, I will say one legitimate uh, gripe about it: it is basically two and a half men in nerd drag. Uh, it's the same kind of jokes. There's yes, there are some jokes, but there's a it's lot a more accuracy to what these kids are doing. I say kids because they're all like in their 30s and 40s now. Kids. Um, but no, there's. There's a certain amount of accuracy to the science that they that they discuss on the show and mm-hmm. and what each of these individual characters are doing, um, you know, uh, Sheldon's a theoretical physicist, um, and then you have uh, Leonard who is a practical physicist, so he's working in the lab versus you know, just working on a, a whiteboard like Sheldon does. So I mean, it, there's 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 a loving amount of care that goes into producing these shows um and they do care about what the scientific community thinks and they do care about what you know nerd culture and geek culture think of the show so um i don't know it's a show, I, I, a show I, about nerds in their 40s sharing a living space it doesn't make any but, sense no but see they're not sharing a living space that's <laughs> that's that's one of the biggest misconceptions you have Pretty much all of the characters are now married. They're all on the same floor, are they not? No. Two two couples are living in the same building. One lives completely away with his wife in a house and has two children. And then another is single and lives uh, in an apartment. So The characters have changed a little. Their lives yeah. have changed. Well, they've changed they a lot. They've, things. they've grown. Have to in 12 seasons. They've grown. I, you, you know, I, I get irritated with the whole, yeah, Big Bang Theory isn't funny, manga, baga, because most people just hating on the sitcom genre in general. Sure. Which is very specific type of sitcom, uh, genre, and uh, very tropey. <clears throat> but, um, it it irritates me because it's like, oh, Big Bang Theory makes fun of nerds and therefore it's bad. You know, it's just it's like an inverse of progressives who actually think All in the Family was bad yeah. because we're laughing at racism and sexism as opposed to being appalled or appalled. You know, and the whole idea of holding something up for mockery and laughing at it, it it it. <clears throat> it, it it loses a value. But in Big Bang Theory, they're not going after nerds. Like Jeff said, there's an intense amount of love for nerd culture. There's a, a, I, a I just don't buy the earlier seasons where all where basically a bunch of older nerds live together. 
<laughs> I know, totally unbelievable. Totally. Much less, you know, like I mean, having sex. I know Professor Biggs is a staunch supporter of the show as well. And he and I have had several he conversations. Gets it. Professor Biggs gets it. And basically, just like what Kirsten said about, you know, maybe some of the hate is from that sitcom format. And that's, you, dude, every single, like, like Paul was classic. Remember mm-hmm. when we were talking about it and Paul was hating on it and said, watch Spaced. That's so much funnier. And it's like, dude, Spaced was totally different. I mean, it, it wasn't. It's a different genre. It wasn't a sitcom. It was a comedy. But it wasn't a sitcom. It wasn't filmed live. It it it, it was different it, on so many levels that it was it, six it, episodes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it was apples and oranges. But uh, Big Bang Theory. I mean, it it it's a sign of the times, right? Marvel movies, superhero movies, fantasy movies. All this shit is huge, and Big Bang Theory is like the biggest thing in television for years, winning. Winning Emmys for fuck's sake! Yeah, I I just I, I just was it, it was ah it's like guys nerd culture geek culture is being I think being well represented and you shouldn't be you shouldn't be losing your shit over it. Yeah, I mean, I, one of the things that I liked about the show is that your your typical sitcom about nerds. They're living in their parents' basement, and they don't have a real job, or they work like at Best Buy or something like that. And here we have a show where you have four individuals who are friends because they have common likes. Three of them have doctorates and are well-respected <laughs> in their field. Poor Wallowitz. And one of them is an engineer who has been to space, has been an astronaut. He's gone to the space station. He'll tell you that. And yeah, exactly. Was that so, in the first season? No. No, it was one of the later seasons. But, you know, here here are people that are doing things that real quote-unquote nerds do in real life. And then there's all this hate lashed on them. It's like, "Oh, they're making fun of nerddom all the time. And they're making fun of how we geeks are." And I'm like, Okay, there's a few jokes in there where they're making fun of themselves and doing the exact same things that we nerds do and make fun of ourselves. If, so if, why is it different for them to do it? If it seems to me, if that's your problem, that's kind of a self-own. Yeah. Yeah. How many times? If, if you're going to say that this is a problem with nerd culture, it has nothing to do with that you're complaining about. Eh, maybe that's a little on you. I know because yeah. you know Biggs. Every time he's here, and every time we talk about Big Bang Theory. Somebody makes some kind of joke or comment, and he goes, that's exactly the kind of conversation that would occur in Big Bang Theory. Yeah. And he's right. He's I, absolutely right. I think it's, I think, uh, hell, half the shit that we do on this podcast is stuff that they do on Big Bang yeah. Theory. Now, and people oh, hate on life. Now, <laughs> <laughs> now there, there, there is criticism about, like, uh, there's Big Bang Theory without... Uh, the laugh track and if they eliminate the laugh track they say this is how unfunny it is but then again that's actually part of like the sitcom trope yeah the laugh track is there and it does it actually is part of uh, part of the joke part of the comedy and I know people hate that but frankly, uh, I enjoy the hell of it. I like the characters. I really enjoy watching them. Um, uh, lately, I've I've stopped. I ha- I've had to stop buying the DVDs. But uh, when 
when I can go to Tartuga, I do so <laughs> and uh, it. and I watch it. it. So because I mean, I, I know Sheldon yes, has Tartuga. been a character a lot of people love to hate, but even he has grown throughout yeah. the series, and they and he does things when you don't expect him to do them that make you go, okay, there is a human inside this person. And He's trying, and he acknowledges. Yeah. He actually, they've, they've touched on, I don't know if they've gone deep, but they've touched on that he's kind of uh, Asperger's, you know? Yeah. And that, that, that he's got a, he's a little on the spectrum there. Yeah. So, so that actually is, that actually has merit and, and is a good thing. Yeah, that he's, he's a high-functioning part of society. Yeah. Even though he has something that people would point out as a debilitating disorder. Mm-hmm. I misspoke about Space. There were 14 episodes. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Okay. You're right. Just, Good, because we were going to get deluged in the lair with like all Big the corrections. Bring out your pitchforks and torches, ladies so, and gentlemen. Yeah, I know you guys in the lair are going to hate on me for loving, but I don't think if it's wrong... I don't want to be, be right. right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, li- I like the gang signs as you were saying that. <laughs> <laughs> the lineup for Adult Swim's first music slash comedy event, the Adult Swim Festival in Los Angeles, was announced. In addition to guests like Run the Jewels, T-Pain, Neko Case, and Hannibal Burris, the three-day event will also include. That's what I said. The you you you're just super. Well, you're living up to your name. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Living it quietly, but you know, quietly he says. We'll also include Rick and Morty musical experience. Wow. With the show's composer Ryan Elder as your guide and some special guests, you'll enjoy an episode of the series with the music played live by a 37-piece orchestra, or as the release puts it, quote. There's going to be an actual orchestra with trombones and stuff, unquote. There are other experiences that will be happening in and around two massive stages, like Rick and Morty Mini Golf and the Meat Wad Dome 4D Experience. I don't know what that is. I know what Meat Wad is, but I don't know what that is. Adult Swim Festival will be held at Row DTLA Los Angeles from October 5th to October 7th. All right, let's go. Scott Beck and Brian Woods, who co-wrote this year's horror hit, A Quiet Place, with director John Krasinski. Did I say that? I said that right. I think you did. I said that right. Yeah. Are set to adapt Stephen Holy King. Holy shit. You actually said something right. Oh, well, I, thought it, first I thought it was something you saw on the phone. I know. I just, <laughs> like, oh, I, the nukes just, are flying. It just took me a second. I was like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, did he, he did say that right. Man. <laughs> I like to say that I got all those other names during the whole Big Bang Theory guest list, right? Too, but Neko Wave, Nico Case, Neko Wafers, Nico Case. Wow. See, that's my problem. It's yeah. the Neko Wafer yeah. thing that throws me off. Well, they won't throw you off anymore. They stopped making them. Wah, wah. <laughs> your your clove <laughs> favorite. Just Corey Lewandowski, the Nico Wafers. <laughs> I'm you, they've stopped making. The, I, have, <laughs> I have I have relatives who are very upset that they stopped making Neko Wafers. The company got sold out. I think my mother's upset yeah. too, because you can no, you can no longer get your uh, clove flavored chalk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Todd likes Necco wafers too, right? It, it is the clove ones I like the best. Likes <laughs> 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 cloves. Uh, John Krasinski are set to adapt Stephen King's 1973 short story, The Boogeyman, at Fox with 21 laps. That's that's who was behind Stranger Things. You mean at Disney? Sorry, you mean at Disney? At Fox, 
at Disney. Disney God. owns Fox now. Ah. <laughs> Set to produce. You go to give me that one. I got to give you something. The Boogeyman <laughs> is, the, is the story of a man who visits a psychiatrist's office to relate the story of how each of his three children have been attacked and killed by some mysterious entity which apparently entered their rooms through a closet door the man was certain he'd kept closed. The man, of course, seems to be delusional as he relates the story of these mysterious deaths, including the still recent third attack, but he's convinced that a monster is responsible. Originally published in an issue of Cavalier, many of King's early short fiction sales oh, were, yes. were to men's magazines of the 1970s, The Boogeyman was reprinted in King's first short story collection, Night Shift, in 1978, it never has never been adapted as a feature film, but has frequently been made as a short as part of King's Dollar Babies initiative, which grants up-and-coming filmmakers permission to adapt his stories non-commercially for the option price of $1. So yes, The Boogeyman is going to become a film, and it's kind of an odd thing to me. I like that it's a... It's a of Stephen King's short stories, it's one of the most concise. Mm-hmm. That it's it's got its. I know it's, I've it's, read Night Shift and I can't remember how this one ends. It's I'm got its setup. There's and some then sweet it's got sounds its going t- down. God damn it! It's got its setup, <laughs> and then it's got its twist and payoff. But I don't know how they're going to stretch this into a full length film. Oh, they, they'll find a way. They will. <laughs> they will, and I wonder if it'll lessen its impact because of it. The original story can't be longer than ten pages. Yeah. Does Night Shift have the? The one with the uh, night flyer too is that? I think so. I think yeah. night flyers on and that there. one's being adapted too, isn't it? Yes, night flyers being adapted. Uh, there's a bunch of them happened ever since it. Everything yeah. just got optioned up. After what? I'm done. I'm done <laughs> with third base. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I love wow. how Matt's all staring at wow. me. Like, get used to it, it, Matt. He's warming up from no. when Andy's gone. Yeah, I'm in the bullpen. Look at that grin. <laughs> <laughs> and Todd's going out to the mound, right? <laughs> that grin on your face. Oh. I enjoyed the episode. I wasn't on going, wow, I'm still there. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's taking up my stuff and making sure I'm there. It's good. <laughs> Gone but not forgotten. Oh. <laughs> A comic book called Skyward, penned by Lucifer showrunner Joe Henderson, is potentially headed to the big screen after Sony Pictures has snapped up the film rights. Henderson will write the script himself and executive produce, while Rampage director Brad Payton intends to get behind the camera. Published by Image Comics and set to run for 15 issues, Skyward is set 20 years after an event that has dropped the Earth's gravity to a small percentage of what it was. With the world adjusting to the new reality... The tale follows a young woman who was born after the event and only knows life in low-G environment, while her scientist father works on a risky plan to bring gravity back to normal. Wow. So Skyward. What did I say the comic book company was? Image. Image. Image, okay. And Hulu has snatched up the rights to Anne Rice's Vampire Chronicles. Consisting of 12 books so far, the series revolves around Lestat de Lioncourt, the Frenchman-turned-vampire in the late 1700s. There's 12 goddamn books? I thought we already read this. We didn't read this. We read like Greenlighted back before it was picked up. No, that's why I said we red-lit this, so it shouldn't shouldn't be going forward. Right, because we have have the power. power. Yeah. 
Fuck us. There are 12 <laughs> books. I had no idea. I think she's announced a new one. Oh, my God. Hulu will air the show, which is a joint production between Paramount Television and Anonymous Content, which optioned the rights to the first 11 books last spring. Anne and Christopher will serve as executive producers on the show, as will David Cantor and Steve Golan of Anonymous Content. Christopher is also penning the episodes. The first book in the series, 1976 Interview with the Vampire, was adapted into a star-studded Hollywood film in 1994 by director Neil Jordan that featured Tom Cruise as Lestat, as well as the young star Brad Pitt, Antonio Banderas, Thandi Newton, and a young Kirsten Dunst. Despite middling reviews, the movie was a box office success and received nominations at the Golden Globes and Academy Awards. It was good. A 13th book from Rice, Blood Communion, A Tale of Prince Lestat, is expected to hit shelves this October. Wow. I liked that movie. Yeah, it was fun. It was a movie that surprised me how much I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I liked the the book. I read the book before anything, any buzzes about it. Yes. Yeah. But the interesting thing is that's the only one of the Lestat book series that I have read. And I liked it a lot, but I never read... I've read two of Vampire three. Lestat or Queen of the Damned or any of those. I think I've just read the first two. I remember the hullabaloo. I worked in a bookshop when they released Mem Knock the Devil. We were open at midnight to sell that book. Oh. Mm. Back in my college days. Kirsten Dunst really blew my hair back in her performance for, for someone so young. Amazing. Just amazing. I, I just sat there and I was just like, wow. When I was her age, I was playing with my Migos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. That was, it, and, and Cruz. <clears throat> that was the big surprise for me. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, shit. Because that, that the, the movie got so much shit when that ca- they cast Tom Cruise. Yeah. Oh, and Rice. I, 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 I was on the radio at the time. I remember going on the radio when that announcement came out and just railing against the casting. Yeah, really on air. Yeah, just up so, until that point. Though, did you hear who was cast as Lestat? Up until that point, though, all Tom Cruise had played yes was the best bartender, the best pool player, the best stock car driver, the best this, the best that. You're right. Yeah, he yeah at that time he was unproven. He had all the right moves. Exactly. <clears throat> and one of the reasons I think that once Magnolia came out, I was very accepting of him in that role because mm-hmm. see, I already knew he could. He's already stretched his. His acting chops on the screen. Right. I I felt that he was a pretty good actor because of risky business. Yes, because that that actually there was more to risky business than just a just some kind of farce comedy. And I do think that there was there was good stuff in there. You saw you could see a glimmer, sort of like Tom Hanks in Nothing in Common, the movie he did with Jackie Gleason. Oh, right. Because yeah. that, that was the first time I, I watched that movie, and that was the first time I'm like, this Tom Hanks has got some, he's got some shit going on in the background. Mm. This is pretty good. And then, of course, he went on, I mean, Philadelphia, and, and, and that was it. And I have to say. God, he was so good in that movie. I, I only saw this movie in the last couple of years, but if I had seen Taps back when that came oh, out. Oh, shit, yeah. Mm. yeah. Right there is the youngest of Tom Cruise performances. Yes. And an amazing bit of range for such a young actor. Yes, yeah. no, that would, yeah, uh, Taps. And it's so funny because how, th- I used to joke, remember Taps 
where Tom Cruise is the psycho and Sean Penn is the voice of reason. <laughs> and the, the, the joke Flash has... forward a few years. Yeah, and it's funny because the joke has kind of gone 360 now. <laughs> it, it, oh, it's so weird. It's so weird. But and God. it also depends now on whether you're talking about their acting life or their real life. Yeah. Because, yeah. wow. Yeah, but it... Yeah, it's... And, you know, Cruise, it's really funny listening to people talk about uh, Fallout because um, apparently... Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah. The the stunt work is... It's incredible. uh, Yeah, yeah. In fact, after I watched the movie, I watched a lot of the the behind-the-scenes stuff with the the various crew and, and also the interviews with actors. And there are several moments in the in the filming that they were just like, I think we just lost Tom. Like uh, the first time they practiced uh, one of the stunts where he's on a helicopter and it looks like he falls from the helicopter but catches onto this net at the last moment. He actually did that several hundred feet above the ground and with a very thin safety cable. So they said, you know, when they were filming it, apparently some of the crew thought the cable didn't catch like it was supposed to because it said it looked like he fell, he hit the bag, and then looked like he had fallen off. So uh, I think it was Simon Pegg said, he's like, I'm si- we're sitting there, you know, getting ready, you know, for when he's done with his stunt work. And then we hear this coming over on the radio and we're like, what? Is, is he okay? <laughs> and then it <laughs> ended, there, uh... up, ended up being part of the stunt and then they had to redo it and, and f- do another take, but... Is, is there a bunch of uh, dangerous bloopers to the end of it, like a Jackie Chan movie? I wish. It <laughs> might. Oh, wow. It's oh, possible those could come would out because. Be so cool. He, he broke his ankle on the film mm-hmm. doing what was supposed to be one of the quote unquote safer stunts. That's which almost is, always. It's jumping from a bill. It's ju- how it happened. And I love it. And I'm like, he's talking about it's, you know, he's like, no stunt is really safe. He's like, but this was supposed to be one of the quote unquote safer stunts. He's jumping from one building to the roof of another building and he broke his ankle and i'm like i remember and the the take they used i've done that what the take that he broke his ankle is the <laughs> take right. that they used in the film <laughs> and i good. remember watching that at the time going fuck that looks painful yeah and it was painful for a multitude of reasons mm-hmm. not the least of which is that he broke his ankle wow Kind of like Lego kicking the orc skull I, I'm, yes. yeah i'm stopping this and backing it up Andy, when did you jump across tops of buildings? Uh, when I was in college and stupid. Okay. Yeah, I, I jumped from one. I mean, it, it was a it was only two and a half, three feet across, but oh, okay. it was it was from uh, one pitch roof to another pitch roof. It wasn't flat roof, oh, flat roof. Is this was, back in Boston? This is in New Bedford. New Bedford. <laughs> uh, in Mechanics Lane. We lived on a street called Mechanics Lane, but they misspelled the signs. So Were you just Lane. feeling saucy? Did someone dare you? Yeah, I was you? just feeling saucy. Was and that? The, and jumping across was cool and exciting and fun. And you're jumping from one side to the angle. It's, it's, it was, you know, not easy. But the hard part was I, I had to jump back because I didn't have any access to the roof. In the front. Now, I have oh, to ask, wow. was that a fairly common thing when you're growing up? Because it seems I, I have no frame of reference other than you know, I hear people talk about, like in New York, and when they're kids, you know, the buildings are so close together, they jump from cross to cross. And it seems like a lot of these New England buildings, because of how closely together they built a lot of things, 
that it seems like people do this a lot. Is this a common thing back there? I, I think it may be relatively common in places like New York City where you've got a lot of big flat roofs. Mm-hmm. And you can watch parkour videos for days. I mean, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I see that on the Internet. That's yeah. why I was asking since yeah. you grew up. In that area of the country, nobody whether... was thinking parkour when I was a kid. I, okay. I, I, I could have been a parkour pioneer. Well, if I no one's thinking parkour eight, now. <laughs> eight millimeter parkour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did. I, I did climb up. Uh, Let's trademark that idea because that would be hilarious. YouTube videos, eight millimeter parkour. No. I did. I did climb up the side of a parking garage one time. It was the you know the the kind of brick the kind of. Uh, cement block we have out here with the pattern cement blocks it was all wall made of cement blocks so it was easy to climb was just you know but i got you know three stories up and the brick came out in my hand i'm oh, like jesus. oh jesus let's slide that back in and go back down carefully <laughs> oh, <clears throat> wow andy andy needs to produce yes he does a, he needs a, to produce a lot of shit yes he does yeah. what's a, a the pitch, a pick what when you roll for a character how do you typically do the luck for that character What's what's that called? What, what what do you? Not all game systems have a luck roll. Okay, because whatever That's it is, Andy, you re- you rolled the maximum when oh, you absolutely. were when you were a child. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought <laughs> when your tree. parents formed your character. <laughs> I thought of a tree once head first and caught the branch, a low branch, just in time and swung around it on my feet. Otherwise, it would have landed straight on my head. Um, this is what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. I was climbing up a chimney of a burnt out building and the whole top of the chimney fell off and bricks stumbled all around me without hitting me and andy's special <laughs> stats the l is super huge i mean it, like, it, he hasn't even told some of his best stories on the podcast like we'll be at dinner and he'll relate a story and we're all just jaws hanging down wondering how the fuck he's still alive it's, it's literally you have like domino level luck from deadpool but yeah. he needs just, to he needs to produce a picture from his college days. Yes, Andy, he does. Andy was a strapping young lad. I believe this. Now, you, you, you take that picture of that kid and throw in the fact that he can do art. <laughs> <laughs> one of our friends, one of Andy and I's mutual friends, the man who introduced us, actually, is a relentless womanizer <laughs> and has got quite a quite a blood trail behind him and one time this was nearly 20 years ago when we were gaming he totally said a sentence that stopped me cold when we were talking about dating we were talking about women and this guy turns to andy and goes now i i I realize that you've been with a few more women than i have and i was like what? <laughs> Holy shit. So there is stuff about Andy that no one knows about. <laughs> I, th- I think you might have been there. exaggerating too. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> and, you and sexy the, the, art man, you. The, yeah. the jumping from roof to roof. Parkour sexy art man, Yeah, you. there you go. Parkour sexy art man. I, gotta find, I mean, it was... Fairly yeah, what is this fact check Andy? It's parkour sexy Andy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always had the Kool-Aid belly, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, Kool-Aid. It's funny, too, because it totally plays into the, oh, run faster than Andy to escape the zombies. And 10 minutes later, he comes out of the building. <laughs> that was close. That was a close one. <laughs> Shit. What happened back there? <laughs> <laughs> like, 
and, then, and, and then in the movie version, it would flash back to, you know, like him tripping over a can and a zombie falling over and hitting another zombie. And then he stands yeah, up and knocks <laughs> knocks over a, a, an oil barrel that comes down and rolls over 10 or 12 zombies. And, uh, ooh, look, a shirt that would look, oh, it's too small. Throws it, like, goes around the zombie's face. <laughs> Just about it's going to bite him. Yeah. The floor gives out. Or the floor <laughs> gives out and he hits this sliding coal chute that just and on the way out this chain dislodges and some giant heavy object like a like a pallet of bricks comes down and smashes the remaining zombies and he comes out dusts himself off and like whoo that could have been bad yeah <laughs> you had step in that you have a rube, rube goldberg existence yes <laughs> You're, yeah. you're absolutely right. That's great. Go. I, I almost stepped in there. Oh. <laughs> uh, we got a little time for a little bit of red light, green light, guys. All right. All right. All right. Get your executive suits on because this is the pitches we have this week, guys. Oh, oh he's putting on the executive oh, he's, hat. He's flipping yeah. the hat around. No? No. Go you, you're it. going into it. No, you're yeah. you're feeling it. it. Go for it. No, turn the hat around. Over no, the sun will get in your no. eyes. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, this here's the first pitch for Red Light, Green Light. The Walking Dead's Robert Kirkman is moving into animation for his next project, Super Dinosaur. Pardon? The story of a genetically altered Tyrannosaurus Rex in power armor that fights evil with the help of a 10-year-old super genius. Green Red, Light. Red Light. Red Light. Based on a comic by Kirkman and artist J- Jason Howard, the, si- the series originated from a sketch Howard drew for his son of a dinosaur in a superhero cape. Comicbook.com reported on the announcement from publisher Skybound Entertainment panel at San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, no broadcaster has yet been named, though. So, gentlemen, red light, green light for a super dinosaur. Green light? There's nothing wrong with that. Go for it. Oh, I don't know. What? <laughs> I'm red lighting. It's stupid. Red light. What? Uh, it, it's got... I like Kirkman... I think it would work well as a kid series that's if I, that's what it's targeted I'm for. I'm pretty sure it is with the 10-year-old kid helping. You know what other you know what series? Was other, was I will green light it as long as it's a children's series. I'm pretty sure it's for kids. All right. You know what series is also created from a random sketch? What's that? Hellboy. That's ah, true. There you go. And, uh, Kay, what did you say there? I said green. Yeah. All right. I and, was the first. Emphatic green. I have vision. You like the vision. That's I have Scarlet Witch. <laughs> There's and, a difference. Are you still red there, Matt? Yes. Yeah, why not Not for you? Just stupid. <laughs> I will say this uh, has a little Axe Cop flavor for me. Mm-hmm. There's some Axe Copness to this. Yeah. yeah. But that's yeah. not a bad thing in my book. No. Nope. So I got a green light, this son of a bitch. All right. Super dinosaur. Kids or otherwise, I'm on board. You naysayers are out of the window. All right. Next red light, green light, gentlemen. H.G. Wells' sci-fi classic, The War of the Worlds, will get a contemporary update, courtesy of a new television adaptation from Fox and Francis Canal Plus. Howard Overman, who created the BBC TV series Merlin, is providing the script for an eight-episode series which relocates Wells' tripod-based Martian invasion of Earth to the present day. According to Variety, Overman says he wants to explore themes of racial superiority and ethnic conflict in Wells' novel in a modern setting. The oh, BBC, 
Okay. The BBC is currently developing its own period adaptation of War of the Worlds, okay. starring Robert Carlyle and Rafi Spall. There is no U.S. distributor currently attached for the Canal Plus Fox production. So, a contemporary eight-episode War of the Worlds that explores themes of racial superiority and ethnic conflict. Well, I think we greenlit the yeah the period. I was version, confused right? when you started reading right. it, which yeah. is why that's in here now. Yeah, I was just sitting there, guys. I'm like, didn't we already greenlight this? Yeah. Oh, modern day. There's more than one happening, gentlemen. Are I, we gonna kinda, let two go? I kind of feel like we need to red light the modern day. I, I do too, because it feels like it would take away from the 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 period genre, and it feels like version. it's been done in modern version. Every, it has over the over. So yeah, being, yeah red light. Red light that one. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not worried too much about the takeaway thing because, frankly, I'm like, eh, put whatever out there. But the the eh, modern take. I yeah. think part of what makes War of the Worlds captivating is the period. And uh, you I don't want to see you know, the build a wall around Mars thing. Well, yeah, <laughs> Independence Day. Yeah. Uh, we've got. We've got tons of... Spielberg's War of the Worlds. Yeah. The TV series from the 80s War of the Worlds. The, the one from the 50s. Mm-hmm. And I like the George Powell one. Sure, that it's was great. Fun. But um, it was a modern telling of yeah. War of the Worlds. And it's, it, it's done. And I'm not a big, well, it's been done, so let's not bother. But I, I just... I like the periodness, and I want to I wanna see that. All right. Red light. I think it's red lights all the way around on yeah. this one, gentlemen. Next. Next, red light, green light, gentlemen, Z Nation. The zombie horror dramedy is getting a spinoff exclusively for Netflix. An eight-episode spinoff of Z Nation titled Black Summer was ordered direct series by the streaming giant. The show will star Jamie King from My Bloody Valentine and Sin City as a mother who has been separated from her daughter and will stop at nothing to find her during one of the deadliest summers in the land of the undead. Black Summer sounds like it's taking a cue from its parent series, which is a road trip element as a group of everyday people helping to escort one person who is immune to the, vi- to the virus travel cross country. Z Nation was renewed for a fifth season by Sci-Fi at the end of last year. Z Nation creator Carl Schaefer and production John Hyams will also serve as showrunners for the spinoff. Uh, back at the Comic-Con panel, Schaefer noted that Black Summer, quote, is before the apocalypse got weird and was just scary, unquote. He also said the spinoff is not going to be episodic, but will instead be an eight-hour chunk to work through. Not that it's intended to be a funny version of The Walking Dead that Z Nation is, but an old-school scary zombie thing. Black Summer. Mm, Red light. Spin off of Z Nation. Red light from Jeff. Never saw Z Nation. Jeff's done with zombies. Yeah. Basically. All right. And he never. You know what? I like zombie stuff, and I've never seen Z Nation. Yeah, I haven't either. I think it's on Netflix. I think so. I think it it pops up. That's what I said in the story. Yeah, it is on Netflix. Yeah. 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 That's oh. what you were saying. This is for Netflix, but the this no. is for Netflix. But Netflix also bought a fifth season of Z Nation. Okay, because sci-fi it was on Sci-Fi. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Sci-Fi let it go. Um, I think Red Light. I, I the the child in danger thing does not thrill me. It, it, I, I I can't relax during a child in danger show. <laughs> he he can't. One That's of my all time favorite zombie novels is, as many already know. Uh, 
Brian Keene's The Rising. And Brian Keene's The Rising is all about a father going across the country trying to get to his son. And that's what this reminds me of. I mean, that's basically the plot of this. And uh, if you're not going to do The Rising, I'm not interested in yours. That sounds like The Rising. I think it's red around it, isn't it? Did yeah. you say red? Yeah. yeah. I'll say green. Yeah, why why, uh, why you giving the ups? Let's squeeze the zombie teat for all the milk it's got. Oh. <laughs> a pus-ridden, that, yeah, undead very teat. Sorry, it reminded the, me of a joke from the Happy Time Murders. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the milking thing. <laughs> the Nurgle pus-infected teat. Yes. There you yes. go. Yeah. Yeah, the, the plague marine warhammered teeth. And anything yep, that yep. makes Andy uncomfortable, I'm all for. <laughs> <laughs> that explains so much of my life. <laughs> I was going to say, that explains a lot, doesn't Although it? Although there's, there's this one bit, I think we mentioned this years ago, in uh, Black Ops Zombies, where in between uh, waves, when there's that lull in, in the town, which is just a small town, yeah, an intersection and buildings that you're basically fighting in. In the lull, you can hear a baby crying somewhere. Oh, that's disturbing. And that really makes my skin crawl. I really just like, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. I'm not going out there. <laughs> <laughs> but goddamn. What, what's your lull? Write to us. Comments at UglyCowShow.com. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Back check Dandy. Maple Leaf Matt. We'll talk to you next week in Geek. Necrons. I have all fun Necron army gone. Is there ever going to be a game where you're just going to talk about this yeah. shit forever? <laughs> We're gonna, He's just, welcome to episode 1000. Oh, wait. I just got uh, the... I finally got my army all painted. Let's Enough Necron foreplay. Get off it, on it. Matt's got his his. Well, Maple Leaf his Matt scenery. passed away five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't have gone to that Olive Garden, but <laughs> but he I, was feeling saucy that night. Uh, he'll do that. <laughs> I, I will say that I I do see a light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to my army, my uh, Plague mm-hmm. Marine army. He did a, a whole uh, sealer coat on a bunch of them today. Yeah, the poxwalkers are done. All I have ne- left is three siege weapons. Oh, sorry, four siege weapons. <laughs> when it comes down to oh, so five, four machines. Four. Four to be the gun of siege weapons. Five. No, no, wait. Six. Six. No, wait, 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 wait. Ten siege weapons. Ten siege First, weapons. First, that's count to three. Then, that's all count to four. And two of them are built. Two of them are yet to be built. But they're, that's it. Once that's done, the thousand points are, are ready. They're ready to go. A thousand points. A thousand points of fight. A thousand <laughs> points of fight. What, what, why? That's a good pun. George Bush Senior. A thousand oh, points of light. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. I got it. Yeah. E- e- even even our contemporaries are too young for some I of know. our jokes. <laughs> It's funny too because yeah. I was doing my the, head like a bald eagle. <laughs> I was doing the Dana Carvey George Bush yeah, impression that, earlier. That's that's what you know. <laughs> Not got that thousand Not points of that. light. That was a great bit. Uh, yeah. When is this gonna happen? Uh, God, it's it's gotta, all me, man. I'm the one. He's got to get. My he's got to get all his. his he's uh, got to build his terrain. His terrain. Thank you. I was yeah. gonna, his scenery. His terrain. Whatever the hell it's called. I'm gonna get a nice little battle map base for you to put all the things on. I even bought a little bit of terrain that I'm gonna paint up too, just in my little side things when I'm waiting for things to dry. So, 
We'll make this. We're and this and after all this talking, guys, we're going to have to get a Twitch channel and live stream. Yeah. You know what? And then live Warhammer games on Twitch are actually a thing. Yes. <laughs> of course they are. They, people love the live yeah. Warhammer games. And he'll get his terrain already, and Andy will come over and literally make it rain on there and <laughs> spill something on it and destroy it all. <laughs> Shouldn't have painted it with temper paint. <laughs> <laughs> Did I mention there's going to be a vinyl mat? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Vinyl mat. <laughs> Is that the record collecting version of uh, Maple Leaf Mac? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 who's that kid with the Oreo cookie licking up the creamy middle like she did when she was little? It's hard to hide the kid inside when you're crunching O-R-E-O.